chapter 1. Those are the three themes you saw there in that clip. And that um, little byline, we, we actually spent a long time trying to pull it together. One life, what's it all about? Of course, that goes two ways. One life, what's it all about? The life of the Lord Jesus. One life, what's it all about? My life, as it connects up with his. But we've got Mark 1, verse 1, and the great theme is blindness. The disciples can't see who Jesus is, why he came, what it means to follow him. And another key word here is drama. There's great drama as actually we watch the disciples get layer upon layer of evidence about Jesus, but they can't see it. And the question is, can you? Let's have a look, Mark chapter 4, and see this work its way out. Now again, I want you to feel yourself a river, not a reservoir. Can you then teach this to others as we look at this? Let's get this in place. Mark 4 verse 35. Let's see the drama of identity here and see how it works. I'm going to flick over to you in a moment to do some work, but let's get these passages in place. So, so identity is the big theme, really, for the first eight chapters of Mark. Verse 35, chapter 4. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall, literally the word is lilacs, a whirlwind came up, and the wind waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion... Now, just to say as we get to that point, Jesus is a man, so he's absolutely exhausted. Can I just borrow that, brother? He, here is his, there is a human face to Jesus, and he's shattered. I remember going to my brother's house a few years ago um, uh, when I was unmarried. I went along to his house, and uh, he said, and I was absolutely shattered. And I got there. He said, Rico, it was amazing. He said, you were fast asleep on the couch. He said, all three of my children were climbing over you. You were still asleep. And you know that sort of tiredness, just exhausted. And so that is Jesus. That's one of the pictures of our Lord and Master. He is shattered, so he's asleep in a raging storm. We can understand that, those of us who've known this type of tiredness. Jesus was in the sleep, sleeping on a cushion, verse 38. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now here's the question. What do you reckon you'd score in the Galilee lifeboat safety exams if to the question, what do you do in a life-threatening storm, you write down... Wake up the teacher. I mean, my geography teacher at school was called Mr. Howard. He was a nice guy. I wouldn't have bothered waking him in a life-threatening storm. He better be more than a teacher. I mean, what are they expecting? To be like George Clooney in a perfect storm and sort of get them out of it? He better be... The question is, is he more than a teacher? Well, let's have a look down. Let's have a look. Brothers, is he more than a teacher? Verse 39. He got up. Is he more than a teacher? Is there a second face? Rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still, then the wind died down, it was completely calm. Can I tell you, I can't even do that with my bath water. Do you ever do that in the bath? Sloosh up and down, go quiet? You're probably too mature to do that. I do that in the bath sometimes. <laughs> but Jesus, because as we look at his face, he's not just a man, he's God. When he is confronted by a storm, because now here's the key verse, Mark 1 verse 1, because he's the son of God, he has absolute authority over the cause of the storm, the wind, and the result of the storm, the waves. So he flattens it. Because he's not just a man, he's God. Can you see it? Well, let's have a look back at the passage, see where we are. He said, verse 40, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, what are they afraid of now? It's as calm as a mill pond. My little niece, she's four years old. She could swim ashore in this. What are they afraid of now? Let's have a look down. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is he? Um, I was reading this with a big six foot four 
West Indian guy who came to All Souls, and we were looking at the Bible one-to-one, and he was an unemployed guy, a guy called Paul, and he came because his sister said to him, you have to have a spiritual dimension to his life. So he said, well, I've come along because I'm told I've got to have this. So he arrives, massive great guy. And uh, we're looking at this together. And as we looked at it together, um, not a Christian, Paul not remotely converted at this point. Paul says to me, as we've read it through, he says, oh, Rico, the disciples are so stupid, aren't they? And I said, yeah, well, why are they stupid? He said, well, they can't see who Jesus is. Can you see who he is? That's the tension of it. And then this, is, this was an amazing moment. I tell you what, I, it was an amazing moment. We're sitting in Regent's Park having a hot chocolate, just sitting there. And, uh, and uh, he said to me, he said, you know, Rico, he said, I came to All Souls, to your church, to have a sort of spiritual dimension to my life. He said, but what I'm seeing is the whole of my life belongs to Jesus, doesn't it? And he said, actually, he said, that's pretty intimidating. I wasn't expecting that. Now, what's happening We're preaching Christ, we're looking at Jesus, but what is happening? God is opening blind eyes. Now, brothers, that is the mechanism. You preach Christ, you allow God to open blind eyes. So Jeff just testified that to that on the course he's on. We preach Christ, God opens blind eyes. We trust the Bible, and God will do his work. But our job is to preach Christ. So the moment Paul said that, he said, well, it's intimidating because I'm seeing the whole world belongs to Jesus. What do I do? I teach him the next bit of Mark's gospel. I just teach the next passage. In fact, I just make sure that from the front, small group, one-to-one, take it home. That's happening because as I just keep laying that before people, God will open blind eyes. Let's have a look. Chapter 5. Let's have another look. Chapter 5, verse 21. We preach Christ. God opens blind eyes. Let's keep preaching Christ. We can do this. It's so simple. We just teach it. Verse, Verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet. Now, I don't know about you, but I mean, I've I've not been to the Detroit area before. But it's a pretty extraordinary thing, isn't it? That a man of standing in the community, here is a religious leader, a local judge, a local headmaster, falls at the feet of somebody. I mean, what's going on? Falls flat at their feet. I've never seen it. Can't imagine Mr. Giuliani doing it to anyone. But yeah, here's a guy, bang. Now, why is he flat on the floor? Well, let's have a look down. And verse 23, and pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she'll be healed and live. Well, now we know. So the worst job I've had as a pastor, the worst job has been burying people's children. So I think of a couple whose uh, son, Max, died in a cot death, and uh, Chris and Sonia, and uh, so I stood next to the coffin, and there was Chris and Sonia in the front row, and I've never seen grief like it. I mean, I tell you what, you may think the British are a pretty suppressed lot, but you should have seen Chris and Sonia just wailing with grief over their son's coffin. Six months old, he went to bed with what they thought was a cold, it was a virus, it attacked his, it attacked, attacked his heart in the, middle of the, in the middle of the night, he was dead in the morning. They went in to wake him and he'd gone. Gone. In, in tears, and there I was. And you see, so, so, so this little girl, she's 12 years old, and she, 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 she's in bed, and she says, Daddy, I'm very sick. And he's always looked after her. He's, he's her dad. He's always cared for her. And he says, I know. She says, no, no, Daddy, you don't know. I'm very sick. And he's always looked after her, and he is desperate. And there is nothing worse than, than death, because it severs loving relationships. And this little girl, she is his heartbeat. And so, in desperation, he is flat in the mud. He's flat in the mud. Of whom? Who is he flat in front of? Well, uh, uh, perhaps he's a Galilean carpenter. 
I mean, you know, as he falls in the flight, is, is that Jesus' only face? Now, if, if Jesus is a carpenter, what can he do for Jairus if he's a carpenter? Well, yeah, so, thank you, yeah, he, just, Josiah, he can build a coffin. He can say, oh, Mr. Jairus, don't you worry, I've got some lovely mahogany wood in my woodshed. Let's go and have a look, she'll look lovely in that. But the question is, is he more than a carpenter? That's the question, is he more than a carpenter? What's his identity? Let's have a look, verse 35. Now, just let the Bible do the work, the passage will do it. We teach the passage, the Bible will do it. Verse 35, when Jesus, while Jesus was still speaking... Some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter's dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Do you know, I don't know about these guys, but you wonder if they do need a lesson in pastoral studies, don't you? She's dead, don't bother him. They're a bit brutal. In England, they'd be from Yorkshire. This is how Yorkshiremen speak. Where would they be from in America? I don't know, New York? They're New Yorkers, aren't they? She's dead, don't bother him. Sorry, if you're from New York, it's a lovely city, and I'd just like to say it. She's dead, don't bother him. Okay, now, verse 36. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. Now, can I tell you, brothers, you've got to be pretty sure of your guns to say that. When I buried Max, I played no games with Chris and Sonia. They were burying their son. You don't, you don't make any games. This sort of comment, don't be afraid, just believe. If you don't pull through with that, you'll be hated. They're in the midst of grief. I used to be a, a youth worker in the inner city of Liverpool, which is a, a, a tough urban environment. And uh, the kid, club kids there used to say, don't write checks with your mouth, your body can't cash. This is a big check he's written. Don't be afraid, just believe. He better be more than a carpenter. He better be more than a carpenter to pull through on this one. Well, let's see what he does. Verse 37. He didn't let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, while this commotion and wailing, the child's not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. And that is, the, that is the brutal, sarcastic laugh of the playground. What do you mean? We know a dead girl when we see one. Well, how dare you say that? It's the vicious laugh. What happens? Verse 40, after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. Now, can I just say a couple of things here? Number one, Jesus' enemies talked about his miraculous power. Non-Christian sources talked about this. They just said the source was evil or somewhere else. No one denied he was doing this stuff. Too many people had seen it. But as he does this, what is Mark saying to us? Mark is saying to us, look, just as you and I can wake the sleeping, Jesus, because he is Mark 1 verse 1, that's our core verse, it's the title, because he's the son of God, he can't just wake the sleeping, he can raise the dead. Because to him, the master of creation, he is the master of death. So on the Christian Explored course, we do this week too, we say to people, and it, when it comes to your death, will you put your hand into the hand of Jesus? So when you face death, will you put your hand into his hand or will you face it on your own? Will you trust to luck? Will you say, oh, well, real man, don't worry about this? Or will you say, no, in the light of death, I'll put my hand into, into Jesus' hand? And you see, one, the, you know, the, the thing is, there is a door marked death. And one by one, we've all got to go through it. And we don't know when it will be. But a, a good friend of mine, I was called yesterday, has just died back in London. John Edison, a fine Christian worker. And he's gone through the door. But there is, there is among us a man who's been through the door of death. He's come back. He can get us through. Will you trust him with your death? 
Will you trust him? Will you put your hand into his hand? Because he is the master of death, and by his resurrection, he's proved it. And you see, we, prove, we preach Christ, God opens blind eyes. And honestly, as you do this passage on the course, you see people, you can see their eyes opening. Because if Jesus can get me through death, and here's the phrase, do jot it down, life can never be the same again. If he can get me through death, life can never be the same again. So will I put my hand into his hand in the face of death? And I don't know when that will be, and I don't know about you, other pastors here, it'd be interesting what Terry would say, but I have buried nine of my school friends. I have buried nine. Which speaks, I think, of the nutters I went to school with. But having said that, I mean, you know, what do we do in the face of death? So do you see, we preach Christ, God opens blind eyes. As we preach it, the Holy Spirit recreates people's hearts and they're going, this is true, this is true, this is true, because God is at work. I just have to trust the Bible. I have confidence in the Bible. This is where, this is where the power is. My job is, I preach Christ, God opens blind eyes. Now, let's see the grand central station of Mark's gospel. Turn, if you would, over, and, um, uh, over the page, just turn over the page, and in your Bibles to Mark 8, 27 to 38. Mark 8, 27 to 38. Now, what I want you to do now, brothers, is just in pairs, let's work away at this. In verses 27 to 30, somebody is blind and someone can see when it comes to the identity of Jesus. So in 27 to 30 of Mark 8, okay, there is blindness and sight. I want you in those verses, 27 to 30, work out who is blind, who can see. And that is over the identity of Jesus. Then can you move on? When it comes to the mission of Jesus, why he came, 31 to 33, someone is blind and someone can see. And then thirdly, verses 34 to 38, when it comes to the call of Jesus, again, there is blindness and sight. So particularly on verse 34, what are the two ways of seeing verse 34, and why should I respond in verses 36, 37? So who's blind and who can see in, on 27 to 30? Have we all got that? Where is their blindness and sight? On 31 to 33. Okay? And then again, verses 34 to 38, who is blind and who can see? It's a wonderful exercise. Can we please do it now? Just pull those things out. And, uh, and, and this is the heart of Mark's gospel. The whole thing opens up with it. So in pairs, again, can we introduce ourselves to the person next to us? And, uh, and you've got three or four minutes to do it. Blindness and sight under each one. Bash it out, and then we'll do the four minutes. So I'm going to kind of. No, no, let's do the four minutes. I want them to see the DVD. So when you introduce yeah. it, make sure yeah. I've got until 2:30, haven't I? Yeah. Let me have a look. Was it too hold it? Let me just see. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, brother, they've got to use the DVD. Let's go for. You're quite right. I've got till 2:15. That's okay. Yeah, we'll show it to them. That's okay. Remember when you introduce it, it's how we summarize it in the last episode, yeah, episode yeah, 7. Yeah, okay, brother. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'll pull it out and then do it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, and it'll, it'll probably be about 2 o'clock we'll do it. Maybe 5 to 2, okay. 
Hey, my brother.